Hi, I'm Rochelle Jackson, and this is The Crime Couch. I'm an investigative journalist and true crime author, and I know who's who in the zoo. The crims, the cops, and the interesting individuals in between. So get comfy and join me here on The Crime Couch. It's going to be one heck of a journey. Alex Presney is a senior constable with Victoria Police. He's currently in highway patrol, but he's so much more than this. He's a swim teacher, worked for Camp Australia, been a sports centre manager, is a musician and a runner. Alex gained public recognition and notoriety as his brother Josh Presney was one of the four Victoria Police members tragically killed in the Eastern Freeway incident on the 22nd of April 2020. Alex is articulate and he's always publicly expressed what he's going through. I can't even imagine how difficult it's been for him and his family. But Alex is not one to stand still. Literally, Alex is also about to run from Mildura to Melbourne. Hi, Alex, and a big warm welcome to The Crime Couch. Thanks, Rochelle. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Why did you become a police officer, Alex? (laughs) A question, yeah, that's uh, it's so hard to answer. It's uh, that same thing that I have said to recruits in this day and age. It's because you wanted to help people. It's because you wanted to make a difference somehow. It's... That's the simple way. In whatever in whatever fashion you're doing in the police force, you just want to try and, and make a difference and help and use your own skills because you don't go into it thinking, oh, I want to help people when you actually can't or you don't know what to do or have the common sense or, or intuition to make sure that to keep people safe or know how to keep people safe. But, of course, you're never going to be instantly qualified when you apply for the police force. There's all the things that you need to... I guess balance and, and figure out but it's the main notion is to try and make a difference somewhere whether it be small or large and just to help people wherever you can and to be someone one of those people with Victoria Police who can just be part of that massive group of people who have that same sort of mindset. Alex it seems looking at your career before you joined in the job you were certainly involved in activities where you were helping younger people and yeah. you were doing sort of school activities. Yeah yeah so in a lot of the, I, I've never worked in hospitality. I've never maybe re- retail once, but everything was, yeah, the swim teaching. I worked in America for their summer camp. I worked with kids for before and after school care, a lot of coaching and activity-based sort of things with, with kids. And that was, a lot of people will say, never want to work with animals or children, but sometimes children are the best people to work with because you learn a lot about yourself and sometimes they're the best people to work with because of the skills you can gain with with working, especially in different cultures like the USA where I was working in Iowa. Had no idea about the place, had no idea of what I was getting myself into. But what you learn there, and I would say so many people who have worked in Camp America and all around the, um, the States and work with different types of children from different parts of the country is... We have embedded what our culture is and what we did as kids, but to see what they did and do as as kids, the learning curve is so steep, but it's it's brilliant. I would say it was probably one of the hardest things that I've done in my life, but the most rewarding. And I have the place of Iowa. I have some 
my best friends still I have for my wedding. My one of my closest friends um, is one of my groomsmen who lives in Iowa. I visited him multiple times, been to his wedding and things like that. So places like that hold a very special place in my heart because of what it was able to give me for what I've got now as well. Alex, it's been three years, believe it or not, since the Eastern Freeway incident where you lost your dear brother, Josh. How are you now? <laughs> oh, good. It's a way, a weird way to say it when people ask when they... It's not that classic. People just say on a, on a flippant basis, how are you going? You say, yeah, good, how are you? When people ask you about it, about that, the incident, about how are you going from that incident, it's probably a new thing to say, yeah, pretty good, because it's true. I've done so much. When I look back at the time since the 22nd of April to whatever the date is today, in 2023, and I go, wow, the things that I did in that time, that time between then and now, the things that I felt, the things that I, just just, just, just how I was, is, is was so different now, but and I'm glad that I can feel that. I don't feel like I'm the same person because, yeah, I was absolutely a shell of myself and what I am now because, for the obvious reasons, a, re- a rebuilding of life. I have a daughter who's nine and a half months and she's going through so many stages of development and when you're, as, as a young child, you don't remember how you moved through those years and how you learned and how you became a, a person. But at age 28, to have to try and do that again and relearn and revisit and just to try and get back to, or not trying to get back to anything because you don't really have a, have a sight of what you're supposed to be. You're just trying to rebuild your life because there is something massive that is missing. And it's probably from like what a lot of people have dealt with in their, in their time with dealing with grief of losing a family member or losing a friend or anyone. It's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a massive rebuild. And to do that as an adult is so, so difficult. And everyone goes about it in a different way. People either identify it or they can't, which is totally fair enough. But I would say the massive rebuild that I've sort of seen in myself, mum and dad, it's fascinating to look back on and, and remember. So you, you remember little snippets from times between, say, in the year the end of the end of 2020 or the end of 2021 the middle of 2022 or whatever and you go yeah okay that's that's how i operated do i apologize for that i don't know um that's just how i was feeling at the time and i can't i don't have an explanation for it other than that that's just what i what came to my came to my body and mind because of what i was going through i was really it's like it was like trying to drive down a highway in a, an extremely broken down car and you're getting nowhere, you're getting, you're, things are just going wrong all around you because you're just trying to drive this nothing that you, that you are struggling to uh, make sense of. And, but so, yeah, from then to now, it's gone from you know, being in the red and it's very, very, very slowly gone through the orange, the yellow to the green, which is really, which is, Good to, see, good to see in myself. One heck of a journey and one that no one wants to go through. 
Alex, I know from recently losing my precious father that grief is unpredictable and can be very overwhelming and you have to sit with it. So how have you sat with it and how have you learnt to live your life without your brother? Yeah, grief, grief is a, it's a, it's a, it's a very specific word and some, it sometimes seems like a very scary word that people are, um, they have within themselves about whether it's losing somebody they've known for months, weeks, decades. It's sitting with grief is, it's very scary. It's very uncomfortable. It's very, um, but you never, you, you never realize that you, you're in it. It's just how you, how things are just going in your mind and in your body. It's just, and what you're left with. And so what do you do? What do you do with it? What do you, how do you manipulate this grief and sort of unpack it? Um, it's, you don't want to be there to be some sort of formula or method to dealing with it, but it's kind of just something that you've got to, got to face because there's no alternative if, if, if it's what happens to you and I there was a lot of I would say a lot of my treatment was to do with grief because regardless of whether it occurred on duty or not you know and my brother being a police officer he was my brother he wasn't Josh the police officer he was Josh my brother so that was the massive thing and the realization that I kind of always knew that that's what it was it was losing him full stop not on duty not in the circumstances not in the same sort of circumstances that I worked in because I didn't find that to be helpful to try and identify and relate that to it it was simply just being without what I'd been with for 30 years and in in a brother so well, he's more than a police member. He's your brother. He's a member of your family and a crucial one. And, you know, I think one of the things you also learn is how to deal with the absence of the person. And that's one of the things I've learned with my father. Um, that never leaves you. That's right. You really, it, you, the biggest struggle is learning to be without that person who you, or people you just never thought would leave. And that's everybody. That's not somebody who, you know, you expect is... Even, even if, you know, you, you might know that it, it could be coming or it could be sudden. Even if you've known about it, that it could happen in an instant, when, when it happens, it is a whole new world. It is, it is completely different to what you ever expected. What sustained you, Alex? You, you you know you've published and expressed yourself in song. I know you you know you play guitar as well. What sustained you? Like, I know I don't want it to be a pat summing up of bullet points, but what what has given you solace and what's given you hope? I would say finding solace in the things that just just came to me emotionally mentally physically um and luckily there's been so many people who when i would express what keeps me close with josh and what gives me warmth about it 
is that there's been so many people who have been so supportive that, and that, and people have just said, and I've said, yeah, it might sound ridiculous, it might sound silly, but until you identify, and not everybody does, not everybody does identify with certain things like, I don't know whether it's how they how they can relate and how they can get closer to the person that they've lost. But when I did, it was very comforting. It was painful at the same time because it was like, why am I thinking about this? I don't, I shouldn't have to be thinking about this. I shouldn't have to be in this space where I'm, I wouldn't say oh, I looked for things. things. Things came to me where they never have before. Whether that was just a phenomenon, whether that was just, it actually was Josh, and I firmly believe that it was, him coming to me, being connected to me, because I know deep down in my heart, and we all know that he never wanted to go. And I always picture it is that he is behind this glass wall. He's just within arm's reach because he never he never should have gone. He never wanted to, but he, and he's trying his absolute hardest to get back. And he would give all of us some form of energy to feel comfortable and to feel warmth in. It's a different side of the person that that you never would have seen before. So it makes you question, is this true? But at the same time, they're in a different part of their lives or of their spirit or whatever they are. So it could be. Josh was the jokester, wasn't the, the most sort of emotionally outward person. So you kind of go, geez, is he... You think that he's actually doing this or he, or is he just doing his own thing like he used to? But I would say, no, well, he's in this new realm now. And he is he is giving us this hope and warmth because that's all he's... I would say that's what he would be loved to be doing at the moment, wherever he is. Obviously, you express yourself in the way that comes to you and is the most natural for you and is... As you said, it doesn't really matter. You can't put a judgment on it. It's just how these things manifest and you've got to give voice to that. Yeah, I mean, there was so many things that they come out of the blue and we'd always say that that's, that's Josh and his personality coming through. Well, yesterday at lunch, me and mum did a lot of talking about just, you know, we, I, I said to mum, say, how you going? Just, you know, let's let's chat. We haven't in a while and... Then we got back in the car and one of Josh's favourite Soundgarden songs is on the radio. And we'd always go, all right, you know, you, you know, we were talking about him, so he's got to show his, you know, show where he is. It's all those little things where we connect Josh to um, whatever we were doing. And it makes sense. People might just go, oh, it's a coincidence, possibly. But luckily, <laughs> no one's been, no one's said that to us. We know deep down that, yeah, there's a possibility that it's just a coincidence, but at the same time, what gives us um, just a, that little bit of strength and sort of a wry smile as well mm. is firmly believing that, yeah, this is, where, this is where it's at. You were given a lovely dog, Millie. Now, what difference has she made in your life? Oh, Millie is... Millie's three now, and it's amazing to... The, what I look back on the most is in the most positive way when you look back on the years is remembering her and what she was for us when we we needed it the most. She is just the most beautiful, 
creature that anyone could well, we could ever have wanted at the time and we're so um grateful and always will be to melinda from rivenley border collies for donating her because it was amazing how people just knew and it's and it's obvious that dogs just make your lives so much better and especially a, a beautiful family dog like a border collie and she is our family dog. She is what we, you know, and the same with mum and dad. Mum and dad have, you know, since brought two golden retrievers into their family because they're just what we love. They're what Josh loved as well. And you're not, you're not anything, anything, you know, it's not anything new that everyone's a dog lover, hopefully, but they are just every. I see so many friends and so many people on social media and people who just who are so proud of their dog and that's what it's like with with me and Millie to have this animal that is just the best sort of connect and the best different connection you can have with something Mm. well it's the unconditional love yeah that's it yeah just to have and and she will always give that no matter what so Alex it's been a very long three years in that time you've had to deal with the court process and the sentencing of that person and I'm not even going to mention that person's name how, how did you deal with that how because as a police member you know the justice system mm. you know how slow the wheels grind how have you dealt with that I liked to um I wouldn't say avoid but I like to just sort of put it aside because it when I was trying to gain strength and trying to um focus on myself to make to help myself feel better I didn't feel like it was going to be constructive to think about that process because, um, yeah, knowing knowing how the how the system can work, not not to say that that it was going to go you know poorly or in our favour. It was just something that I didn't really feel like it was not. I wouldn't say worth the energy, but it was something. That it, but it was there were so many other things that I wanted to put my energy into instead. And I still wanted to make sure that I gave it the um, credit that it needed, but also I would have thought that I, I thought that there are just so many other things in my life that I need to work on, and if I focus too much on this, it's going to be to my detriment. So you're now in highway patrol. How difficult is that to be on the road, considering what has happened to Josh and? You know, how difficult has that been, being out on the road again? Surprisingly, not very difficult at all because it's it's what I always wanted, wanted to do. And there were, there, were some, there, were, there were lots of doubts. There were lots of, geez, is, is this right for me? Should I be doing it? I had a lot of people sort of ask those questions as well. But, and also then the best people to listen to, no matter how much experience somebody might have in these sort of areas best people to listen to are your mum and your dad because they're the ones who know you best they know you better than anybody on this planet because of how they've seen you grow from the day you were born to now and they always just said this is what you're supposed to do this is and you know that was the simple answer and there was no sort of explanation and and they could have gone on for days and days and days about how they believed that that's what I was supposed to do, but it was just so it was just so simple for them, and it was because I went 
well, yeah, these, these are the reasons X, Y, Z about why I wanted to do this in the first place. And I don't use it as a, like a, to make Josh proud or, you know, this is to avenge my brother's death sort of thing. This is because this is just what I, what I wanted to do in the first place. It's as simple as that. Alex, you're now about to run all the way from Mildura to Melbourne. Now, why? I know, yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. <laughs> but I, unfortunately, yeah, for the circumstances that we all found our, ourselves in, I wanted to, I just wanted to do something to have to make an impact. I felt that there was a lot of, a long period of time where I wasn't, able to make an impact where I wanted to with work, with my career, um, and, and being, I guess, just not held back, but just couldn't find the right way to go about things. And then I thought, and emulated a lot of other people who have done things like this, like they will run from one end of the country to the other, or they'll ride this distance for this. And I remembered what I was passionate about and that's road safety it wasn't about this is a run for my brother this is a run for the reason I wanted to be in highway patrol this is a this is a run for every single person who turns the key and gets out on the road or a pedestrian cyclists anybody who gets out on the road because I have had the worst happen in a road incident and so many other people have too this is why I want to do it to make a difference and to for the it's not just going oh yeah let's raise money for for this it's it's the the equation of it is to do it for a community which is the amber community who are a a counseling um, and trauma service for people who have been affected by um, road incidents whether it's people who they know people who have been affected um, a, been involved themselves they provide education and behavior change programs for people who um, might need some sort of you know remedial or anybody who just wants to up their skills or just to get a refresher when it comes to how to best use the road and I want to make sure that they have the most the best resources they could possibly have to offer to other people as well so all the funds that you raised for your big um, uh, run from Mildura to Melbourne, all that, all these funds um, are basically go to the Amber community. That's right, yeah. So, like I said, I want them to have the, the best resources they can possibly have and the best sort of exposure that they could possibly have for people to know who they are as well because they're a brilliant service and... I I had I came across them. Unfortunately, I wasn't and didn't know about them um, during the time that we were going through um, times where we might have needed them. But I found that this group of people is just what what the state really needs in terms of helping people on the road and people who have unfortunately been involved in incidences where they shouldn't have been. Um, and we all we can all say that a lot of things on the road are preventable, but we can't force people to act accordingly and behave accordingly on the road to how we want it to be. Because it's one that's not possible because everyone is so different. 
everyone is different on how we operate and how we make decisions and how our behavior is. And then Mm. that translates to being when we drive our cars or use the road. So in this way, it's to help the Amber community do the best for changes that is, is a different, is a difficult word to use, but to, I'd say upskill and to refresh people when it comes to how to use the road best, because most of the time it's pretty black and white about how to use the road best for them, for themselves and other people. But as the Assistant Commissioner for Road Safety, Glenn Weir is now saying and says publicly, it's more than driver education because driver education, it's been we, it's been with us ever since Jesus played, you know, fullback for Nazareth, as they say. And we've, you know, we've gone through a lot of driver educations. It's beyond that now, isn't it? It's something that you're very passionate about, road safety, isn't it, Alex? Yeah, and it's it's understanding other people as well about what they believe is how to use the road best for themselves or for other people. And it's not whether, you know, you ask somebody, what do you think of this? And they, and they get, I don't know, they get the question wrong. It's just to understand about how, how other people might operate. I had some, I had, when I was um, speaking to somebody else, they asked, what would you do if you were king for the, for a day in, in this regard? And I went, Oh my God. But, the answer I gave was to listen and to hear what other people's perspective are on road safety. Because when you say, say you're in traffic, for example, and you get everyone's perspective and you get everyone's answers, some of them might be quite similar. Some of them might be quite different. And there's, but there's a lot of people who have got their input and what, and their say and what they believe Mm. and they put it into action by driving. So that's what would be the most interesting part of uh, learning about. It's yeah, it's learning about learning, and it's something that's something that yeah we are going to not struggle with, but it's going to take a long time to adapt to, and then the the, the rules might change again. Things will electric cars, yeah, and th- and th- and just things about just mm. different generations that use the road and different infrastructure of the road different vehicles like you said things are going to take a turn and not yeah, the, the rules get changed on us and yeah we've got to adapt and then start all over again let's get back to your run mildura to melbourne the run for road trauma how's the training going tell me how many pairs of runners you've uh, gone through and what are the blisters like so far, touch wood, blisters, not too bad. Um, at the moment, I'm feeling one of my toes, but not too bad. But I've had a good sponsorship with Brooks. Um, they have been awesome in donating some uh, pairs of shoes and some running gear as well that I've been using a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the training's going well. Um, I did, what did I do yesterday? First time after being pretty sick, like everybody, 20Ks, and that felt pretty good. Just a long, slow sort of pace because that's what I've got to do I might go oh my god this is so boring this is I'm getting sore and then I'd go well this is just what I've got to do I can't do you know sprints for training I can't do short stuff for training because I've got to do that on the open road and and on the track from Mildura so it's been it's been good I know it's going to be very difficult like running 20ks it's not a walk in the park but um the training has been helpful because you go from that stage where you might 
run 20Ks for the first time or first few times and you go, I can't run for a week. I'm so sore. But now it's really good because you go, okay, legs are adapting and they're not feeling like an absolute bag of bricks the next morning. It's You go, okay. And, that, and that's what's positive and a good positive that you can think of when it comes to your training. So how do people – are you going to be doing this solo? Like – I know you've said you've had some members that have wanted to join you. If people listen to this and want to actually join you that are in the job or that are retired members, what do you say to them? How, how do they join you? Um, I've, I've put up a, a look done ways that um, people can join me on my on social media and things like that. But also if there's yeah people in the job or there's people in any way just to contact me and say where and how because there's people who would go oh i'd love to join you but it's going 30 k's isn't going to be my thing it's open to anybody who wants to go whatever distance they want if you want to run 5 k's from i don't know in, into bendigo or you or from sea lake or wherever that's fine i've got a lot of members who want to want to really help out when in, in the middle parts where it's going to be really Mm. not the most fun because you know might be right in the middle of things going oh my god is this ever going to end but um so how do people contact you oh i'd say on social media if there's i use i use instagram and facebook as my main uh, source of um contact Mm -hmm. but also if in the the job you you know how to find a surname to just email me if you want to have a go or offer anything as well any any i'm open to any sort of help that i can i can possibly get or anyone wants to offer because i don't know how to the best way about going for a, from a run to mildred and melbourne so if there's just anybody who wants to to help yeah it's either yeah, my instagram or facebook or um just email through through work so when does the tapering begin do you do that or like you know where you start to actually have a bit of a break because you're starting the 31st of july is that right yeah so that's 30 days um from now wouldn't say there's any tapering i I would say that i'd be going all the way up until because it's not like it's one day event where you've got to you know hit the sweet spot for it's for three weeks so there wouldn't be a time where you'd feel like you've you've hit the mark so it'll be going and doing the same training right up until you give the I don't know, maybe a week before maybe will be the last long run that I have just so everything everything is absolutely as fresh as possible. But, um, yeah, it's just going to be just keep on going through. So, finally, it's the morning that you start, the 31st of July. What's in your head in that morning that you can tell us about? I have thought about this and what it's going to look like and, you know, how it's going to be and things like that and the adrenaline. But and I saw I thought, geez, should I be, should I be absolutely, you know, shivering or am absolutely nervous as as all get out for this? But at the same time, I, I I've been thinking, well, this is just one little part of it. It's one out of nineteen times that I'll be doing this, and of course, there's going to be so much adrenaline and so much um, anticipation. But at the same time. Um, it's not like uh, the events that I've done previously, like triathlon and running events that I've done previously, where it's, you know, you've got this amount of short amount of time to give you your best shot. I've got three weeks, so it's going to be like, a, okay, just keep it calm. Pace, yourself. Pace, yeah, just just go easy. Don't, you know, you burn out in the first 5Ks because that could really come back to bite me. But it's just going to be, yeah, we'll just, we're just going to take off nice and easy. This is just the start line. Everything else matters just as just as much as this does. 
As they say, Alex, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? That's yeah, that's it. Just take it nice and slow. And that's what I've really come to learn when it comes to this whole process about everything physically, mentally and emotionally. Just take your time. Never be sorry about how you do things because uh, and, and how you're going to approach things like this because yeah, you'd rather just be in the moment and, and feel how you feel. Mm. Well... Alex, it's been an absolute delight. Thank you very much for sitting with me today on the Crime Couch and all the very best for the big run. I'm sure you'll absolutely smash it. Thank you. Thanks. I really hope so. And yeah, it's been awesome to chat. Thanks, Rochelle. Thanks for joining me. I'm Rochelle Jackson and I look forward to your company next time on the Crime Couch. 